0: to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, you bring a Bible this morning. You are going to need it this morning. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. I believe in my heart, basically in my whole being, that we're on the cusp of seeing more moves of God than we've ever seen before. And it's not because God's moving, but because his people have finally ascended into a place where they're going to move, praise God. We've always had the anointing, we've always had the ability, we've always had the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel and do signs, wonders, and miracles. But we sort of pick and choose the commands we want from God. We pick the ones that are easy to do and the ones that aren't, we just sort of, I know I'm just talking to myself this morning. Yeah, he told us to go and do some things and those things we're not doing. We get so wrapped up in sin all the time that we get stuck in there. But notice, God is not impressed with sin, God's impressed with the blood. And your sin and failings, you always want to bring to him and cry out to him and stuff. Well, just stop it. You have the authority. You have the power to do that. You have the name of Jesus. You have everything that we need. Here in Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Say evil conscience. conscience. Say it again, evil evil conscience. All right, go back to Hebrews chapter 9. Look at verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God purge our conscience from dead works to serve who? The living God. Now, what's, what's he talking about here? He's talking about our conscience. After we get born again and enter the kingdom of God, how many know you still think? It's too bad, but we still think. We have a consciousness, and that consciousness was formed before we got saved, basically, by what we heard, where we were at, religiously, spiritually, naturally, and it basically formed in our mind a consciousness. And here he says the problem with most people is once they get born again, they still have a sin, failure, unworthy consciousness rather than a victorious, righteous, full of the power of God consciousness. So he says if we can purge our conscience from dead works, what are dead works? Dead works are works that you do to try to get God to do something when God already did it for you freely. We're a buy-and-pay society, so even in our hearts and our spiritual realm, we want to buy things from God, basically. I've been dealing with the people from Africa who basically, you know, we, we send money to and stuff. I've got pretty close to them. They use our teachings for their teachings and everything else. But they get into a place to where they want to manipulate us to give them money. You know what I mean? All at once, if I don't give money for a little while, I get these pictures of the little, like on TV, you know, the little puppy dog, the little people just eating one banana and sharing it. These two kids who are, who look like they're dying. What's he trying to do? Manipulate my feelings to send money to there because there is a need. If, if you study the Bible, you'll find out Jesus hit this a lot. How many of you ever heard of the prodigal son? Okay, the prodigal son is not just to show how good God it is, but shows how dumb we think. Right? Okay, he goes off in the pig pen. He's in the pig pen a while. He figures out that ain't going to work. How many of you figured out the pig pen wasn't going to work? Even though you wallered around in it a while, you finally got out of there. And when you came back, he came back with a sense of, I don't need you. I can't be called your son. I'm so unworthy. Nothing ever works out for me. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Blah, 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 blah. And that, that's where our mindset is when we come out of the pig pen. And that's got to be changed. But you've got to be careful you don't get on the other side where the other son was, who thinks he deserves everything because you did something for God. Come on, I'll tell you, the devil don't get you on one side. He's going to get you on the other side. You've got to come to a place to understand you're not going to get in the kingdom of God what you deserve. You can't earn it from God. It's already been freely given to each and every one of us. And when you do that, you ascend into a place with a relationship. Say relationship. relationship. See, I don't have to manipulate God for him to do things for me now. It makes it a better relationship. How many of you like to be Manipulated. Don't you have a friend, so I hope they come around today because they always manipulate me, and I sure want manipulated today. I would really feel like having a manipulation attack today. No, you don't want to do that. So you're either on one side thinking or the other side, or maybe both. Since I'm so unworthy, I have to do something to make God like me again. And you don't have to do that. You've got to understand all this stuff, this grace is freely given to you just because God simply loves you. It has nothing to do by you. Now, if you could earn it, if you could earn it, then it's no longer a gift. How many of you know that? So basically here he's saying we have need to get away from dead works because this stuff, I'll tell you, it, it destroyed my faith for years. It destroyed my confidence in God. It definitely destroyed my relationship with God. And you've got to understand that the kingdom of God is simply righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And once you get that sin consciousness out of there and get into a right relationship with God through what he did, not what I did, and you get there all at once the peace between you and god comes the joy in the relationship comes and you start operating in something called the holy ghost say the holy ghost. holy ghost so how many of you know for years i had a lot of methods where i tried to get in a right relationship with god i mean repentance of sin basically i thought i could get drunk on saturday night and then repent on sunday and i was good and then get drunk on monday night and repent on tuesday and i was good and i how many of you ever did that i did Praise God. I said, I just hope I die in the morning yeah. after my repentance because I shouldn't want to die at night when I'm drunk because they tell if me I'm going to go to hell if. So as long as morning came and I could repent, I was good again. But I wasn't good. I wasn't even born again. I didn't even know God. I was just trying to stay out of the fires of hell, basically. That's what I was trying to do. So then I went to church. Why did I go to church? Because I wanted to? No. Because I knew God? No. Because I was going to go to hell if I didn't go to church. I mean, no, that'll get you to church every now and then. So I was going to church on Sunday morning. Why? To keep myself out of hell. Then I get drunk Sunday afternoon. Well, that, that's the way it works, praise God. But all this stuff I was doing was trying to earn it, or was trying to get rid of that sin consciousness that came in the garden in Adam. Remember when Adam sinned? When Adam sinned all at once, he hid himself from God. God didn't say, you sinned. Here's Arthur. You sinned. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to speak to you anymore. No, God didn't go anywhere. God came after. See, you've got to switch this. God came after Adam. We think God got mad at you and said, oh, I sinned again, God's mad at me. No, he's not. He's still coming after you just repent and get back in. Come on now. We judge everything by the way we think and the way we do and the failings that we've had and everything we've done wrong. Get rid of that stuff and start looking at the blood and what it has provided in your life. And it will cleanse you and put you in a righteous position where you can have a great relationship with him. All right, go to Matthew chapter 5. And if you're living in sin, you know what separates you from God. The sin you're doing. You can't say, I didn't know that. Yes, you do. If you're born again, you know you did it. Now, you may deny you did it or blame it on someone else because you did do it. It's going to be deep this morning. I'll tell you what. I'll be looking for a new job after this morning. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Matthew chapter 5. Look at verse 20. Jesus says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not in no case enter into the kingdom of God. Now, who are the scribes and Pharisees? They were the top religious dogs of that time. Do you understand? They wore the right things. They ate the right things. They went to church. They did everything they were supposed to do. They did all this stuff, basically. And they, they were looked at by the people as the most righteous people in the world. And then Jesus comes along and says, Unless you can do better than them. Now, how I many you know this had to startle some people? They, they were thinking, how can you go any further than that? And see, we see people in the world today who we don't really know, but we see them on TV. We see them here, or there, and everything else. And we think they are the most righteous person in the world because of what they are doing. But righteousness doesn't have anything to do with you becoming righteousness and doing. Righteousness has with you believing you're righteous, then doing righteous things. You don't do them to become righteous. You do them because you are righteous, praise God. So here you see here, he really nails them. He says, you, ha- you, you have to be better than the Pharisees. Well, how many know at that time they couldn't because they couldn't get born again. Jesus hadn't gone, suffered and died on the cross. So who was probably the most top Pharisee in that day was basically Saul or Paul. Paul was. Paul was a Pharisee. How many know he did everything? Well, let's look at it. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Whenever you start getting pride of something that you do or proud of something that you do because you did it, then you're in pride. If you did it because he provided for you the ability to do it and provide it for you, then he gets the credit for you. Are oh, you see? But we, we like credit too, don't we, sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Philippians chapter three. Let's just start in verse one. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. He says, I should have confidence because if any other man thinketh that he has, whereof trust I in the flesh more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm from the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew, a Pharisee concerning zeal. I persecuted the church, touching righteousness of the law. I was blameless. But what things were gained to me there I now counted as what? Law. Say loss. Now if you know another translation, it might say dung. We all know what dung is. In other words, he counted all these things that he had all these badges for. Look at me, look at me. I'm a Pharisee, born circumcised, look at me. But he came to a point to where those things meant nothing to him. Look at verse eight. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And he be founded in him, not having my own righteousness, which is by the law, by you doing something, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God, which is by what? Faith. Say faith. Now, you do not faith for righteousness to get righteousness, like we've been taught. You faith for righteousness because you are righteous. We put our faith not to get things from God, but in what God has already done for us. And, And this is going to make people mad, but it's the way it is, you know. I'm prosperous because I'm prosperous. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm not prosperous because I'm believing God for a large amount of money. I'm prosperous because I am. That's who I am. I'm prosperous. I'm not healed because I feel good, feel bad, or because I have enough faith to be healed. I'm healed. Okay. That's who I am. Who's that guy? He's prosperous. He's healed. He's righteous. He's Why? Because we became that when we got born again in the kingdom of God. So there's no sense believing for something that you already are unless you don't think you are then you need to believe that you become. Are you listening? Yes. But, but now, if you're new to this and you don't have it down, you don't think about it, and you need prayer, you go get prayer. Do you understand? i got to cover myself here. Amen. Yeah, I mean, if you're new to it and you say, I don't feel good and I need prayer, go get prayer. Don't feel guilty because you've got to go get prayer. You're better off to be healed and get prayer rather than try to get healed and die and never get prayer. See, this is growing. Say growth. How many things? Everything changes as you grow, you see things differently. I'm showing you, because God does the end from the beginning. God always deals with the end and then brings us into the end. I'm showing you that you are a healed person. Now, if you believe you're sick today, fine. Get some prayer from somebody in here and get healed. It'll be a lot easier to believe you're healed when you're healed. <laughs> Just too deep? See? That's who you are. I'm a healed person. Why don't you get sick? Because I'm healed. Why don't I wear a dress? I'm a man. See, you're healed. You didn't do, what did you do to get healed? Nothing. Right. By grace through faith, not of myself. It is a gift of God. What did you do to get righteous? Nothing. Righteous by faith in what God provided for me. So that's who we become. That's who we are. That's our identity. That's who we are. And once you get your identity, that's why people walk around and say, well, everybody's got to sin sometime. How many know they don't have their identity? Yeah. Because if they believe they've got to sin sometime, I'll guarantee you, you are going to sin. If you believe you fail every now and then, I guarantee you, you're going to fail every... But the Bible says he can keep us from failing. Well, then I'm going to fail and blame God. (laughs) Right? He didn't keep me from failing. No, no, no. You didn't understand that you don't have to fail anymore. And you walk and fail. One of my favorite ones I've learned, first of all, is God told me, don't have any more bad days. And I said, are you kidding me? (laughs) Come on, that's not in the Bible. Oh, yes, it is. And I started studying. Yeah, just decide you're not going to have any more bad days. You choose Whether you have a good day or bad day. If you don't, the circumstance will choose. The situation will choose for you. If you don't make choices, someone else is gonna choose you. That's why you gotta choose this day, life and blessing or curse and death. You make up your mind. He says you choose. Your dad can't choose for you, your mom can't choose for you, your wife can't choose for you. You'd make your own choices. How I many of you know you had to re- you're the one who had to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior? Your grandma couldn't do that for you. Your mommy couldn't do that for you. Your daddy couldn't do that for you. Nobody could do it for you. So we've got choices to make, and we want to choose in line with the word of God, basically. So here's Paul saying, my gosh, I count everything as dung. Now, w- notice why he does all this stuff. Look at verse 10, that I may know, intimately know him and the power of his resurrection. Praise God. How many of you want that? That's what I want. I want to intimately know him. I want to know him on a basis as well as I know any human being or anything that I can see. I want to, and I want to operate in the power of his what? Resurrection. Say resurrection. resurrection. So the, basically, if you look at it, there's two kinds of evil conscience or sin conscious. There's a person that never got born again. I mean, no, they've got an evil conscience. They've got a sin conscience. They think whatever they want, do whatever they want. Or a person who got born again and never renewed their mind on the word of God. If you don't renew your mind on the word of God, you will have this righteous nature on the inside of you, God's nature, but you'll continue to sin. How many know that really causes guilt and condemnation and all those things? Because you know that you know that you know you're not supposed to be doing those things and they don't even apply to you anymore, but yet you're doing them anyway. And that's because their mind has not been renewed. Now, how do I get out of that? Do I I get out of that by fighting sin? By doing my best to stop getting angry? by doing my best not to stop sinning. No, your best is never enough. You do it by faith in what he's made you. Did he make you an angry person? No, no. then you're not an angry person. So I'm going to believe that through faith in what he's already done for me, because I'm not an angry person. In reality, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I no longer get angry. So even when I start to get angry, I stop and say, ah, that's not me. I don't do that angry stuff anymore. I don't scream and holler to try to manipulate, oh, I'm sorry, You know, when you got grandkids, you really see this. Because if they don't get what they want, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Praise God, it's World War IX, praise God. And, and what are they doing it for? To get their own way, to try to manipulate you. So You just walk away from them. If they want to be angry in the corner, be angry in the corner. Whenever you get done, come back out, you know, deal with you. let scream, holler, kick the wall. I don't care. Hit yourself. Be, have a good time, praise God. See, when you find out it don't work, and hopefully some of us are growing into a place where we find out some of the things we continue to do aren't working, and we'll handle them the right way and start doing it. So no, I got up every morning and started saying, no more bad days. No more bad days. Went to J.C. Penney's and they had a shirt. No more bad days. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I don't care if that thing cost $1,000. I was going to give me one of them. <laughs> got that shirt, wore it all the time. Prayed, no more bad days. No more, what's people, no more bad days. People say, what does that mean? No more bad days. <laughs> Is that too deep? Yeah. yeah, that's what it means. No more bad. And, of course, they're going, oh, that never happens. Well, for you it don't, but i got not only the scripture, my mind, and the t-shirt. <laughs> and I'm not going to have any more bad days, praise God. No matter what happens, I'm not going to have any more bad days, praise God. How many know that's a choice? And it's available for you, whether people like you, don't like you, whatever's going on, doesn't matter. So here's God. God's got this people out here who are sinners. They have the nature on the inside of them of sin. He he wants to bring his kingdom through those people, but can't because their culture in them is not the same culture he wants to bring to the earth realm. So basically, he's got to do something to adjust their insides, change their nature, and give them everything in God's image and likeness again. So go to Colossians chapter 1. All right, Colossians chapter 1, familiar scripture, but this is what he did. Verse 13, he delivered us from the power of darkness. I mean, no, that's the devil. And has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption, been set free, through his blood, even the forgiveness of what? sins so here it tells us what God did he sent his son on the cross he shed his cross basically he shed his blood and on the cross we now have redemption say I have redemption redemption. say I have forgiveness forgiveness. and how did you get that forgiveness is there something you did how did you get your redemption is there something that you did No. no there's nothing that you did it was all provided by him but he had to do that so he could change your nature on the inside make you a righteous person and then give you someone by the name of the Holy Ghost you became a suitable house for the spirit of God. And now not only is his nature in here, but his your culture, his culture's in there. His way of dealing things is in there. His morality is in there. Amen. I mean, how can you be a Christian and vote for abortion? Come on. Yeah, amen. Come on. Amen. See, if you're really walking with God or even thinking about God, you can't. Your nature won't let you do that. Now, if you've been brainwashed... And your brain's here, and your spirit's here, and your spirit's not getting through to your brain. You can be that way. But notice, it's got to be tough to do that. Sooner or later, the Holy Ghost is going to shine a little flashlight on you, and you're going to say, what the heck have I been thinking all this time? And hopefully these people get delivered from some of the things that they're thinking, praise God. So here it is. He delivered us from the power of darkness. And what was the result of that? Go in the same chapter, chapter 1, up to verse 21. And you, say, that's me that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now, when? When did he do it? Now Now in the body of his flesh through death, he presents you holy and unblameable and unreprovable, where? In his sight. sight. So how many know if you believe in Colossians 13 and 14, where you've been delivered and translated, then you have to believe you're before God holy and without blame and unprovable in his sight. Now the problem is our sight, isn't it? We don't see ourselves that way. We see ourselves as one of the prodigal sons. I'm so unworthy. I can't do anything. Oh, God, help me, all this. No, but that's not the way it is. It should be you're a son of God, a ring on your finger, a breastplate of righteousness on you, brings you into a level with him. Basically, you grow into that level where you're now walking with God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, well, you better show it. Go 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to preach this stuff. I want to show it to you in your Bible at the same time. So, are not going to pull me into a preach. I'm teaching this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We go over some of these scriptures. We don't understand them. Look at verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord. How many of you are joined unto the Lord? Praise God. But he that is joined to the Lord is what? One One spirit. One spirit. That means the day that I got born again, me and Jesus became one spirit. We're one spirit. We're one spirit. Are you following me? We're one spirit. I mean, He's the head, and we're the we're the body. Not the tail, hopefully. We're the, we're the head, and he's, he's the head, and we're the body. So now, if I was going to call this morning, and I got on the phone, and I said, Craig, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Are you coming to church this morning? Craig says, yeah. Are you bringing your head? <laughs> well, I don't know this morning whether I'm going to bring my head or not. I might just bring my body this morning. Yet we can't understand our oneness with him. If he's the head, we're the, and we got to be. That's why if he's the anointed one, we have to be anointed because nobody's got an anointed head and an unanointed body. But we don't think that way. Oh, he's so holy. I'll never be that holy. Well, what are you then? Did you get cut off? Are you his finger and he chopped it off and now you're laying over here unholy or something? No, it's the same thing, praise God. We're one body. If he's anointed, i got to be anointed. If he's holy i got to be holy. If he's righteous, i got to be righteous. If he can stand before the Father with no sin and guilt, then I can stand before the Father with no sin and guilt, because he just don't go in there as a floating head. (laughs) Father, let my body come in there right behind me. No, we're one. We have the same standing that he has, basically. Glory to God. How many know that's good news? Yeah, Yeah, Jesus even prayed that we would be one with him. So and as you grow, spend time in the Word, you study the kingdom of God. How many know you got to seek first the kingdom of God? Right. As you do this, I've come into a place I hate saying things that get me in trouble. No. <laughs> where I pray a lot less than I used to. Mm-hmm. And let me let me explain it. I used to get up, I had work, I had all the stuff to do. I'd get up a half hour, 45 minutes before I'd read the Bible, do whatever, before I went to bed, I had another 15 minutes, read the Bible, do the thing. But after I started to know God, it was no longer a prayer period, it was a prayer walk with him lifestyle. In other words, he's here all the time. How many of you who got married gave your wife a half hour from 7, 7.30 in the morning and from 8, 8 feet, 15 at night, and that was your marriage? I mean, it wouldn't have did anything. There came a time where you get up, she's there. You go to bed, she's there. You go away, she's with you. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Saying it's a good thing. You're with them all the time, and you grew to know what they like, what they think, what they do. And it's the same way with God. You get to a place where you're now walking with him all the time. You don't have to set aside 15 minutes just to press into God because you're already pressed into him because you're one with him. Now you're walking with him. You're, You're spending time with him all the time. You run into a situation, you say, hey, what's up, you know? And all these things. So it changes. You know, I used to have my set prayer t- and there's nothing wrong with set prayer times, some of you know that. But then too, if you walk with him all day long, praise God, it's good because I used to go to him at night after I already screwed up during the day by not consulting him and then spend all night confessing because I wasn't with him all day long. If I'd been with him, I wouldn't have to confess because I wouldn't have did the stupid things that I did if I don't I was with him rather than with myself. So morning was prayer, night was I'm a sinner. Morning was prayer. And all it did was build a mindset into me again as a failure and as a loser. But no, as you get in his word, you become one with him. Jesus prayed that we would become one with him as he and the father are one. No, he wasn't saying that because we we need to faith our way into it. We just need to know who we are and we have become one with him. And the more you walk with him and talk with him, the more you become comfortable with him. People think you're nuts, but you're comfortable with God, and they're only upset because you can't see him. If he was actually here, they wouldn't have a problem, but since you can't see him, you can't get comfortable with somebody that you can't see, but you become more comfortable with him. When you first started, it wasn't that way. It's like uh, uh, daughters-in-laws. We got daughters-in-laws. The first time they came and were brought to our sons to us, they sat on the couch, and they sat there like this, and that's what they did. They sat here like this. <laughs> yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh Maybe I have a bottle of water. Okay. And now she walks in, Brandy, throws her kids on us. (laughs) Goes right to the fridge, gets anything she wants. Pops the top of that thing, grabs some crackers if she wants them out of there. Why is that? Because we've become more comfortable with each other. She knows that my house is, my water is, and her kids have become my kids. But that's the way it works. That's the way it should work with God. You shouldn't go before God and just have to sit here like this and say, I hope you don't strike me dead because I sinned yesterday. No, you're walking with God, talking with God. He wants a family. Yes. Amen. He wants a family with a relationship, but you cannot do that with a sin consciousness. You're not on the same wavelength. You can't do it on an earning consciousness where you think you're buying everything from him and getting anything. that you deserve everything from him. You go, Don't go to church to try to deserve something from him. You should want to come to church. Don't get me going in that direction or we'll be here a while. I mean, with all this Internet and all that kind of stuff, nobody wants to come to church anymore. They just want to pop their little stuff on. But I'll tell you what, there's advantages of coming, sitting under the Word of God where the anointing is and the power of God is. And, and when you got it on half the time, you're distracted driving down the road anyway or doing something else. And you listen to the whole tape and you miss 99% of the thing. Back in my day, people came to church. we better get out of there. I'm getting in trouble. This ain't coffee house. I can't get away with this this morning. Yeah, I mean, church, my God, I love church. We drove to Orlando to go to church, my God, on Sundays. I mean, no, that wasn't right down the street. Stayed overnight in a hotel with two little kids. Tell you what, talk about hell. <laughs> in a hotel room, two little kids, my Lord. They were everywhere. But we did it. And then I had to go at morning service to get free and at night to get delivered, praise God. <laughs> Then we came home about 2 o'clock in the morning. I got up and I went to work the next week. Nothing to it. Why? I was hungry for God. I was hungry for the presence of God. I was hungry for the people of God. And I'm still hungry for the people of God and the presence of God and the things of God. Praise God. But I can't be hungry for you. You've got to be hungry for yourself, praise God. This word of God will change your life. I'm telling you right now. It'll get on the inside of you and it'll start growing. The kingdom of God is just a little seed planted in the ground. But you get that thing in your ground, I'll tell you what, it's going to start growing. And all them birds have been flying around your head. Them buzzards are going to seek shelter under you, praise God. Come on now. Praise God. Dump the buzzards, dear Lord. Buzzards only circle dead things. Live alive, you'll get delivered to buzzards. Yep, start operating the things of God. Okay, go to First John chapter 4. This also gives us a boldness. How many know we need to start becoming bold in our own lives? When the devil comes at you with something, you need to start whimpering and tepid. You need to go against it and just stand against it in the name of Jesus. We need to use that name. How many know that name belongs to each and every one of us? Praise God he said in my name you will cast out devils so we might as well use it right praise God alright right, First John chapter 4 look at verse 17 it says herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we where in this world now, when you come, you start to get mindset like him and everything else. Even you, as he is, so are we in this world right now. But even when you go to judgment, you're not going to be worried or upset or, or questioning whether God's going to smash you or something like that. Some people are because they never change their mindset. As he is, so are we. Where in this world, in this world. now? Watch. At one time, Jesus was as he is, right. and he was up there and he was down here in this world. But now Jesus went back and he sent us the Holy Spirit. Now as he is up there, so are we in this. So notice, it's your responsibility to do the works of God in this day and hour. It's a church's responsibility. It's our responsibility. He started the works of destroying the works of the devil, and we are to continue destroying the works of the devil and setting the captives free. He's not going to come back from the right hand until his enemies are made his... So it's not him, it's us. We've got to do this, praise God. People get so excited about people, you know, like James that does it. Well, James does it because James does it. Yeah, Yeah, he does it. He actually does it. Lays hands on people in the name of Jesus, casts out, and the thing goes. Oh, wow, that's really good. No, he's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's just taking advantage of what belongs to him. I don't care if you're born again yesterday. You can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You can use the name of Jesus as just as much power in your life as it does in my life. You're much a power of attorney of heaven as I'm a power of attorney. But we want to grow in these things and put these things off and wait on these things. The next move of God, come on, God, move God, move God, move God. And God say, move, 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 move. Because he wants us to start moving out and doing things in the power of God. I mean, if we're going to change this world, there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on right now. I mean, it can't get much darker, so it's time to arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us, praise God. Now, basically, in the Old Testament, how many know the blood of bulls and goats was just enough to cover sin? So, back then, once a year, they had to go back in. One high priest had atoned for all the people's sins out there because they lived under sin, guilt, and condemnation. But we're no longer under the blood of bulls and goats. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah, we, we sing the songs and we try to do what the blood's supposed to do. Well, I don't need the blood. I need me. I need me to do more. I need me to do this and that. And then every time you try to do something to really please God, you find out that you never do enough and want to do more anyway. You know why? Because it don't work. To work. Don't matter how many times you go to church to do that. How many times you pray to do that. How many times you fast to do that. It's not going to help you because it's only by the blood of Jesus is this stuff provided for each and every one. So notice when that ended, no longer does a high priest have to go in for you once a year. Aren't you glad? You don't have to go to somebody else to have your sins. Aren't you glad? Yeah, you don't have to do that anymore because you've got a connection with the Papa Daddy himself, praise God. And you can go to Daddy and just say, hey, praise God, this is the way it is. And we come to the throne of what? What is that throne? unworthiness sinful worthy no the grace now what what's the throne of grace the throne of grace is everything that God has freely provided for you so when I'm going there I'm just going to solidify what he's already bought for me I'm not trying to talk him into giving me salvation healing blessing and all those things because they're already grace grace isn't something you get grace is something you got are you following it belongs to us grace by grace we are saved through faith was salvation available to you How about when you were 10? How about 15? Well, God wasn't offering it at 15. Is that why you didn't get saved? No, because you didn't receive the free gift of grace, and you received it. That day, a miracle came. You became a brand new creation. Then we want to try our best to become one, not understanding that grace is simply from God, a free gift. He made you by a miracle a new creation. He gave you the nature of God by a miracle. He made you holy. He made you righteous. He made you healed. As He is, so are we in this world. So we take on that identity. That's what we use our faith to do is to grab that identity because it belongs to us. Faith keeps you in the grace, doesn't get you into the grace. So I'm going to stay in the grace now. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm anointed. Well, you don't look blessed. Don't matter what I look like. I didn't say I look blessed. I didn't say I looked healed. I didn't say I look like a new creation. But I am well, I'm, I'll believe it when I become one, when I see myself doing good things. Well, you be waiting a long time because you can't do it. Then, then you're back to you, aren't you? As soon as I do enough good things, I'll become a new creation. Well, keep trying. Keep it up. Keep pushing. Do a little more. No, you're just wearing yourself out on what's called dead works. But we belong there. We are kings and priests unto God. Amen. Praise God. He is the one that told me I would do greater works. I didn't pray for him and ask him. He said, you... You, 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 you will do greater works than I did here. I wasn't praying about it. I wasn't asking about it. It's just something he freely, it belongs to us. That's our lifestyle. What do we do? Greater works. Praise God. We see sickness. Somebody wants prayer. We just go up. We command the things to go. Look at the disciples, man. They're on their way to, on their way to prayer. Walking by and there's a crippled man been laying there all this time. He doesn't pray for 45 minutes. He says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And you know what happened? He did. Now, that prayer certainly wasn't long enough to get any results. We just said, in the name of Jesus, please rise up and walk. Do your best to rise up. In Jesus' name, rise up and walk. And probably we wouldn't have did it on the way into prayer, maybe on the way out of prayer, because we've been all prayed up then, and we might have did it. Come on. See, our minds have got to be lined up with who we are and what he did for us and what can do for you. And really, you don't need any faith in the new creation because you are a new creation. It doesn't take any faith to to get what you already have. It's ours. That's who you are. That's what you are. The name of Jesus belongs to us in our authority. It's a tool. The Spirit of God belongs to us. We are one spirit with him now. That means that you have power in you. I mean, real power in you. I'm not talking about this sizzle stuff. The Bible says out of your belly shall flow, not a drip, not a trickle, but there's a rivuler on the inside of each and every one of us. How long is the church going to keep the river bottled up because they're ignorant of the word of God and are listening to man's doctrines? We've been brainwashed. We want to go along with that. I mean, some of these churches need deliverance. Because you're going to be responsible for what you teach your people. How many know one day I'm going to be held responsible for what I teach you? So if you don't like what I teach, tough, I'm going to teach it anyway, praise God, because I'm the one accountable for the thing. But, man, we're in a place of power. We're in a place of righteousness. My God, you, you are something you ever even dreamed to become. That's who we are today. And people are going to start walking in this, naturally, supernaturally walking in this. They're going to believe who they are. They're going to believe the power that they have. They're going to believe the name of Jesus works. We're going to believe all this stuff, and we're going to start walking in it. Now, you can put it off for six more months if you want to. You get through the holidays, and maybe we'll go after it January 1st. We can all prophesy new Jan- And in, in 2024, God's going to really score. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, a new year. Everybody's going to rise up. Won't that rise up today? And maybe in 2024, you'll be ready because you already rose up. We want to put everything out to the future. People put the kingdom of God not available until I die and go to heaven. Well, good. What are you going to do with your power and authority then? Have a good time. Are you going to cast out the angels? What are you going to do while you're up there? But this is stuff we've been taught that you've got to get out. Now, today is the day of your salvation. Now is your time here on the earth. The clock is ticking, and you've been here. Whether you've been here 20, 40, 60, 80, 100 years, it doesn't matter. Your time's ticking. And you've only got so amount of time to do what God has already equipped you to do, and what he wants you to do, praise God, hallelujah, all right, go to Titus, And here's the thing the Bible calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. So if you're being accused and you're being in guilt and condemnation, it's not the Holy Ghost, it's the devil. Spirit of God may convict you, but the devil's the one that tells you you're no good. You failed again. You always fail God. You you never live up to God's standards. I don't know what's the matter with you. Uh, Everybody else is serving God, but you can't serve God. I just don't know why you don't do anything. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Don't you dare go before God and pray because you're not going to get it answered anyway, don't you? Don't you even throw your face before him. You just beg for mercy for him. He comes on you and on you and on you and start to eliminate those thoughts one by one till you're not accused anymore by him. He no longer accuses you before God like he did at one time because he got thrown out of heaven. How many know he got thrown out of heaven? It's a good story. You ought to read it. Praise God. Yeah, he went up there and declared war and God threw him out on his ear. Praise God. Him and Michael took care of him and threw him down here. So he can't get up there anymore to accuse you before God. He simply accuses you before you. He wants to accuse you. God's nowhere in sight in that thing. He knows you're not under accusation. He knows who you are. He knows what he wants to do. All right, here's Titus. Did you find it? Yeah. Titus chapter 3. Let this speak to you. Look at verse 3. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, mm-hmm, disobedient, oh, yeah, deceived, oh, my God, serving diverse lusts mm-hmm, and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, and hating one another. How many does that register with? But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is shed upon us just a little bit. He gave us just a dribble to get us through. He did his best just to make us sort of clean. No, which he shed on us abundantly, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, that says everything, don't it? It says it was by his mercy and by his grace. But notice, now since you moved into that grace, you have an inheritance. How many of know inheritances are good? Yes. Well, you've got everything. So everything that you need, the power you're after, you already inherited it. The authority, you've already inherited it. Health, you've already inherited it righteousness you've already inherited all these things are part of the inheritance that god has given to each and every one of us if you're a son of god if you're in the kingdom of god if you enter the kingdom so notice what the father says it's my pleasure to give you the entire kingdom and we said oh no 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 we can't have the entire kingdom because i'm a sinner saved by grace and i don't have any power and i don't have any authority i don't have god says no it's my pleasure give you the kingdom oh no I can't I can't take the whole kingdom because you don't know what I've done well yes yes he has see so we want to keep pushing away what already belongs to us praise God I'll tell you when Santa comes in a month you're not going to push away what he tries to give you <laughs> oh that's mine praise God oh that's mine thank you Ooh, my name's on this one glory to God it should be the same way with God we I mean, know that he's given us all these things, and we've been talked out of them or trying to be faith into them, and that's who we are. That's who we've become. That's what he's done for each and every one of us, praise God. So, hallelujah. We're in a place now where we can walk in victory. We can walk in miracles. This isn't something down the road. This is something you can do today, this very day. You can do it right now. There's no more waiting, praise God. Don't wait till 2024, 2025, 2026, or when it rhymes with the year. Because we know every prophecy's got to rhyme if it's powerful. But that ain't it. He said there's going to be a group of people who will rise, shine, and the light will come. And the glory of the Lord will rise upon them. Praise God. Gross darkness will cover this earth, which it is. And the glory of the Lord is going to rise upon people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can you feel it? It's coming up right now. Feel it. Feel it. Here it comes. Come. Get up there. Up there. Up. Up. And says people's going to see that glory risen upon you. Remember the transfiguration? It would be cool if you're walking down the street and you just light up like a light bulb. People say, my God, look at that over there. I mean, if it happened back then, it could happen now, right? right. Praise God. But people are looking for stuff right now. I mean, this is the best time for this kind of stuff right now because people are lost. They have no idea what's going on out there. They have been brainwashed. They don't know what's happening, what's going on. we got the ability to take the Word of God. How many know it's sharper than a two-edged sword? Start cutting that stuff out of their minds. Just take that word of God and hit it and chop that stuff out of there, praise God. And a little bit at a time. And most most of us see people now because we've been in the church a while and say, how can people be like that? Well, you were like that at one time. That was you 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Only the thing is, you were probably worse. It's funny how when you become parents and your kids grow up and get in the teenage years, say the teenage years. Uh, you go to them and you say, how can, they be, how can they be doing these things? What's the matter with these things? And then you think back and think, my God, I was doing these things at 16, 15, too. <laughs> I guess that's how they can do them. You know, you forget <laughs> that you were that dumb or that smart, whichever you think you are. At that time, but yeah, everybody goes through stuff, but you can make that change anytime. Took me almost 30 years to make that change, praise God. Am I going to cry about the 29 and a half? No. I'm going to go full fledged on the 30 till I get out of here, praise God, and I'm going to do everything I was put here to do. So today is your day. Say, today's my day. Today's the day of the rest of your life, and you've got an opportunity now to start walking in this stuff, start meditating on this stuff, and meditation is a key to this. You've got to be able to close your eyes and see who you are rather than who you usually see who you are when you close your eyes. Because meditation takes you basically from the natural into the spirit. It's sort of a crossways in between. If you see yourself healed, you will, uh, he- you will live healed. If you see yourself righteous, you'll get rid of the guilt and condemnation. If you see yourself powerful, you'll start having visions and dreams about being powerful, about laying hands on people and doing these things. It all depends, not in his sight. We want to blame him, but that's not it. It's our sight. What do we see? What he sees. And that's the key. When we start seeing like he sees walking the same way, you'll start walking with him every single day. You'll be speaking to him. He'll be speaking to you. And basically, you'll have the relationship that God always wanted. He didn't want religion. He wants relationship. He don't want your works. He wants you to take advantage of his works. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. It's so good to know who you are and, and what you're doing in our lives and how much you love each and every one of us and what you did for each and every one of us. And we thank you, Father. I heard an old song that says there's a great and mighty army in the earth today dressed in splendid armor, bearing full array, the, dark of hordes of heart, the hordes of darkness tremble when we to- walk their way. There's a great and mighty army in the earth today. Thank you, Lord, for your power, for your authority, for your anointing. And I thank you the group of people right here are rising up right now to the workplace, to the store, to the restaurant, to wherever they go. When the opportunity presents itself, we will just simply use what you gave us, the name of Jesus and the power of God. Set your captives free and bring them into your kingdom. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.